2020 Treasure Island Development Authority Infrastructure and Transportation Committee meeting. Item number one, call to order. Director Richardson? Here. Director Sen? Here. Director Lai? Present. Director Dunlop? We do have a quorum. Okay. I, uh, Let me just start and by saying hello to everyone in the audience and a shout out to those that are watching uh, remotely and may be watching later on. Welcome to the Treasure Island Infrastructure and Transportation Committee. So let's move on with the agenda. Item number two, general public comment. This item is to allow members of the public to address the Infrastructure and Transportation Committee on matters that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the committee and that do not appear on today's agenda. In addition to general public comment, public comment will be held during each item on the agenda. Members of the public may address the committee for up to three minutes. You will hear a single chime when there are 30 seconds remaining. Prior to making your comments, please state your name and the organization you are representing, if any, for the record. Okay, so now. Item number three, consent agenda. 3A, approving the minutes of the November 19th, 2019 meeting. So, Commissioners, I need a I motion. Approval. Okay, so moved. And Second. Okay, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Item number four, Parks Operations and Maintenance Budget Projections. Thank you, uh, directors. Um, we've been working with CMG and um, uh, Mary McCune and and TICD on on planning for the op parks uh, operations manual, uh, a draft of which you have with you uh, at your at your desk today. Um, and we'll walk through that a little bit, um, as well as we've been working then building upon that to develop um, operations budget projections for uh, the future based on, on those figures or based on, on the levels of uh, work laid out in the, the operations manual. So um, the the uh, focus right now has been on the stage one parks as we get ready for the first of those to come online, and then building out to uh, uh, future parks as as we go forward. And uh, overall, uh, you know, we have 290 acres of, of parks and open space between uh, Yerba Buena and Treasure Island, and um, right now we're engaged in in major phase one. Uh, the current boundaries of which uh, are laid out on uh, the map here. And I'm uh, actually going to hand off to Chris, uh, who uh, helped prepare this or who prepared this presentation uh, to go forward from here. Welcome, Chris. Yeah, I think Bob went ahead and gave the introduction. We're here today to um, give you an update on the progress that we've been making. The microphone. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, so an update on the progress that we've been making on the budget 
for the parks and open space. Um, so before we hit the budget, though, I'd like to give an overview <clears throat> of the process that we've gone through and the framework for the, the maintenance manual. Um, it will include <clears throat> all of the park spaces. So um, this is looking at all the parks in the first phase. Um, I'm going to walk through the sequence of the current, <clears throat> excuse me, of the current thinking about when the parks will come online. So uh, first we have on Yerba Buena Island the uh, stormwater parks coming online in <clears throat> uh, the first part of uh, later this year and early next. And then um, <clears throat> the remainder of the parks in the stage one on Yerba Buena Island will include the Hilltop Park, the Dog Park, Trails, Beach Park, and then the first set of parks on Treasure Island, including Cityside Park, the Waterfront Park, and uh, Building One Park. And then later in 22-23, in the third year, uh, Cultural Park and Marina Plaza would come online. And then uh, moving to the, the later parts of the phase one, the uh, Eastern uh, East Side Commons, and then the parks associated with buildings two and three, and then uh, stormwater areas associated with that phase adjacent to the sports park, and then the phase two parks coming online in fiscal 26-27, and then phase three a, a year later, and then of course the big park, um, the remainder of Cityside Park, and phase four uh, wilds in um, about 10 years out. So that's the overview on the sequence. And as I shared last time when I was here, um, the, the process that we've gone through is comprehensive. Um, we're looking at all of the things that would be necessary to maintain the parks, including um, the engineering, landscape, and janitorial services. And relative to those, we've developed an approach that's based on level of service. So the idea is that there will be a high level of service comprehensively, but that different parks will have different needs based on their location, their scale, the complexity of design, and importantly, the intensity of use within each park. Um, so for example, the Waterfront Plaza Park, um, where the ferry terminal is, will have a very high level of use. And so we're anticipating a much higher level of janitorial services there. Whereas some of the parks on Yerba Buena Island, which are much more natural, uh, like the stormwater gardens, would have a much lower level of janitorial services. Um, the wilds in phase four, which are intended as a, a very large natural area, would have a lower level of landscape maintenance because they're designed to be natural as compared with the building one uh, plaza space, which we would anticipate would have a higher level of, of landscape maintenance. And so these, uh, the budget that we've developed and the manual that guide the maintenance for each of these spaces is built around that framework of levels of service in these three major categories. And in turn, working with um, MJM, and I don't know if, if Bob, you introduced Mary and Andrew um, from MJM Management, we've been collaborating with them to develop the budget and the manual. And um, what we've done really is to benchmark the costs as well as the needs against uh, many of the open spaces around San Francisco, for example, Mission Bay, and then many in the East Bay as well to understand, okay, what is the right measure of, of cost, both in terms of common spaces or good examples and best practices, but also in terms of uh, prevailing wages and labor in the Bay Area. So what's included in the budget is the, um, all the engineering tasks. So those are 
um, maintenance of utility systems and things like that, the landscape maintenance contracts, janitorial services, and then all of the utility uh, costs and equipment and materials. What's not included um, are general administration and management, uh, security services, the uh, capital expenses, and then the revenue from events have not been accounted for at this point in the budgeting process. So again, um, within each area, there's a detailed plan for each park for engineering. Um, and you can see here some of the key things that are included within that um, maintenance uh, budget. So there's utility systems, paving, maintenance of restroom facilities where appropriate, and then a preventative maintenance for furniture and fixtures and equipment. And then for each park, we'll be coming back to you with a, a detailed plan that includes a frequency schedule of all of the tasks that are required specific to that park in each of these major categories. So similarly with landscape maintenance, um, water and irrigation management, the maintenance of trees and understory plantings, and then uh, lawn and turf maintenance. And again, detailed uh, frequency schedules for each park to guide the maintenance process. And then in the janitorial area, really looking at waste management, cleaning, restroom facilities, that kind of thing, to make sure that each, each space has the right level of service. And with that, I'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to Andrew Bryant from MJM to walk you through the, the, the comprehensive budget. Thank you, Chris. As he said, I'm Andrew Bryant with MJM Management. I wanna also, of course, point out Mary McHugh. We've worked together for a number of years. Uh, and I think many of you know MJM, but MJM has been managing parks in San Francisco for 25 years. Uh, and I bring that up not just to brag, we've been enjoying that process, but also to say that we use that 25 years of experience when we consult on projects to really give you an accurate uh, read on budgets and, and operations and procedures for managing uh, public spaces in the best fashion, to the highest use and best fashion. So um, I wanted to just go over the budget categories. Uh, materials and supplies, contractual services. We'll go into detail in the next slide, but these are the various components of building a public space budget. Uh, each one will contain subcategories that I think will be fairly uh, uh, obvious, but uh, just, just to go through, uh, the contractual services will principally be uh, things like landscaping and the uh, janitorial services. Under additional services, it's a lot of contractual services like pest control and that kind of thing. Uh, Utilities, of course, are a major component, and then the, the management fees that will be per parcel, uh, and then contingency fees for, um, for any unexpected items. So if we can go to the next slide. Um, so we brought it as an example, um, the detailed budget for Hilltop Park West. Right there, yeah. Thank you, I'm supposed to do that, thank you. Um, and you'll see the breakdown of the categories. I hope you have a copy in front. Difficult to read that. Um, so under under the um, uh, materials and supplies, I think it's it's fairly obvious what we're including there. Uh, contractual services again, landscape, landscape oversight. Uh, I'll talk about that in a minute with the uh, warranties, uh, janitorial services, and special projects. Um, the the parcels will require a series of inspections and certifications over, over the years, so there's a, a category for that in the budget. And then, as I mentioned, additional services of pest control, 
uh, maintenance and repair items are often under this category. The utilities, management fees, and contingency to make up the whole park budget. Um, one of the things at this point I wanted to point out is that we have in this budget, as you see both in this and in the summary budget, which we're about to go to, we have considered escalation so that the prices we have in each year will relate to the actual year when they when they happen. Uh, so we've taken care of escalation. Uh, and we hope we'll also show that there's, we've looked at an economy of scale, especially in the management side, to keep uh, the budget low while providing the highest level of service. Um, the, I guess at this point I'd like to talk about the warranties because when you look at this budget, and then I'm gonna sneak to the, the summary budget, uh, you'll see that there's some lower costs in the first fiscal year. Uh, one of the things that happens with park management is that in the first year, all the plantings are under warranty from the landscaping. So we've included a small amount in each budget for each parcel to have management oversight and enforcement of the warranties. But, and those warranties will last for 12 full months, no matter when in the fiscal year the park starts. But we've calculated that in so that uh, you get the full months of savings of not having the full cost of a landscaping contract. Uh, so it phases in uh, in those first few years as pay, uh, parcels come online. And then by the third year of each parcel, you'll be looking at a full landscaping budget uh, as a line item. Um, first year, uh, it's a smaller budget. The parks that are uh, being managed, as, as Chris and I think Bob mentioned, are the uh, stormwater parcels on Yerba Buena Island. Uh, so that's about $258,000 a year. It continues to escalate as more par parcels come online. The, the second fiscal year, there are actually 12 parks coming online in that phase, uh, and it'd be $1.3 million budget. And then up to year nine, when it gets up to $6.5 million, the last year on the budget uh, shows the uh, just over $11 million budget, and that's because of the addition of uh, the remainder of the parks and that very large swath of land that we've called the wilds. Uh, so that is, um, uh, that's the projected budget for that. In this sheet, though, I do want to point out at the very bottom of the sheet, uh, there are some costs that are anticipated to be paid for by the homeowners associations that will be on the island. And so you'll see the, that bottom line, it's in sort of a dark forest green, you'll see a reduction in each year's cost because it's anticipated, again, that the HOA will be responsible for those costs. So, uh, for instance, with that 10-year budget, instead of $11 million two, it goes down to $10 million seven. So there will be some uh, funding uh, from the HOAs for that. Um, just wanted to do a little overview of the, of the analysis that we did to produce this budget. As I mentioned, we uh, managed three parks here in the city, but we uh, also considered uh, various costs from nearby parks uh, in the East Bay. We looked at labor costs between San Francisco and uh, uh, parks in the East Bay to get a good picture of what the labor costs would be uh, on the island. And um, uh, we wanted to also look at parks that had similar climates. Uh, being near the water, being on the bay is, is of a particular impact, both good uh, from, you know, beautiful views and also the impact of the, the, of the salt air on, on planting. So we wanted to take that into account. Of all the parks we manage, Mission Bay has many similar characteristics. So we would look at Mission Bay parks, both on an overall view of what was in the park, how it was going to be used on specific square foot per square foot costs, because we really wanted to drill down and give you as accurate a picture of the budget as possible. Um, 
The labor costs, as I mentioned, uh, were particularly important because we, uh, it is part of San Francisco. We want to make sure that, that it considers all the uh, workforce programs that might be involved, and we wanted to make sure that you had an accurate picture of how that could be used in, in this parcel. Um, so from that, from the budget, we also wanted to talk about some additional staffing that's recommended and required uh, for these parcels that's in addition to what's in the budget uh, and how that would work. Uh, this is really, I think, where we can show the economy of scale. Um, the first year of, of uh, operations, actually, Titus staff will be responsible for most operations. They are currently overseeing uh, the, uh, one, of, one of the wild parts of uh, Yerba Buena Island. Uh, and so there won't be a, a parcel coming online that needs a lot of maintenance until actually the beginning of fiscal year two. So the staffing will be phased in at the very end of uh, fiscal year 2021 uh, with a halftime uh, project manager, general manager, and a full-time engineer. But they will start at the very end of that year, and that too will be reflected in the budget. At the start of the second fiscal year, uh, the only additional staff recommended is uh, that the general manager become full-time. Twelve parcels will come on that year. Uh, and then it, not till the start of the third year will we add uh, a property assistant and a second utility engineer. We're front-loading that staffing because it's going to be important for the parks to function well as the community develops. But that level of staffing is enough to actually stay at that level throughout the rest of the parks being phased in. So we thought it was important to show you that. Um, I think with that, my part of the presentation is done. I'm going to turn it back to Chris. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be available for questions. Thank you very much. So we'll just wrap up with uh, a look at what our next steps are in terms of process. Um, we're um, refining the budget and the maintenance documents in March and plan to complete all of the detailed park maintenance plans for each of the parks in the first phase um, as drafts. Um, we'll be then bringing those um, back um, to you in May and then refining them and completing the document at the end of May. Um, depending on, on the feedback that we receive from, from the board and commission. So with that, we're open to questions. Okay. Thank you so much. And let me just say thank you to Bob for the introduction and Chris and Brian. Obviously, we are here now. I need to, uh, for record keeping, for those that are watching, that we actually <coughs> combined items four and five so we can have a robust uh, discussion. And so here we are now. And um, obviously, we have a lot of questions from the uh, commissioners on some of these phases. And I, in particular, will be asking on you know, questions on phase one. Commissioner Lai. Um, thank you for preparing this. So um, I apologize, because I'm trying to review the budget for the very first time on the spot here. So uh, forgive me if I've missed some things. Um, I think, Bob, I, I need a little reminder. Did we already select MGM, MJM, right? MJM as the operator? No, we haven't okay. selected any operators. MJM has been consulting with TICD in assisting in okay. developing. And, and we don't have a direct contract with them? No. Okay. Um, great. Uh, could you actually uh, describe a little bit about your, you mentioned that there are three parks that you currently operate in San Francisco. You mentioned Mission Bay. What are the, the other two and then the East Bay parks? 
Thank you. Uh, we manage Union Square Park on behalf of Reckon Park. We also manage Mission Bay Parks on behalf currently of OCII, and then Yerba Buena Gardens, uh, which was under OCI's purview until it switched to a conservancy uh, in uh, July of last year. Uh, those are the three parks. In terms of the East Bay parks, uh, I actually am a Bay resident. I left the city, and so I got involved with um, the East Bay Regional Park System. Uh, and so we looked at uh, Mount Diablo and their park conservancy. We looked at a few other parks in the East Bay. Okay, great. That's very helpful. Um, it, it does seem like out of the parks that you manage, perhaps Mission Bay is most synonymous. However, I would probably still argue that there are a lot of differences. Um, for Treasure Island, there's obviously a lot more biodiversity, what we're trying to do there, less of an urban park, more as a regional system. Um, and then I am wondering why uh, we, uh, as part of the budgeting exercise, um, items such as the capital expenses, security um, is factored out. And can you speak a little bit to your um, experience on that? Um, on on the, the subject of the security, um, I, I've asked us to hold back on those numbers because we haven't really had a uh, a discussion at this board about uh, security operations. And so there were a lot of assumptions there about uh, levels of staffing and enforcement that I thought were better to have a conversation about with the board before we put numbers against them. Got it. Thank you. That makes yeah. sense. Um, but just for my reference, um, <clears throat> would MJM have uh, relevant experience in advising on these four items that are not currently part of the budget? Uh, yes, we would. We actually perform a lot of those services in uh, not only San Francisco, but um, another park that we also manage is Grand Park in Los Angeles. Okay. Where we oversee that whole conservancy. So um, we would be happy to do that if okay. requested. Um, that, that's helpful. So can you give us like a ballpark reference of in terms of percentage, anticipated percentage of these outside costs that are not part of the current budgeting exercise? I just want to know like a magnitude because in my mind it seems like capital expense could be a huge significant um, part of the budget as well as even ongoing security. I, I just kind of want a reference point. As far as the capital, uh, you won't really experience a lot of capital for a while. Mm -hmm. You usually put in a, a small capital reserve, and, and that's actually uh, a lot of it can even be handled originally out of the contingency because you have um, not only the first year warranty um, with the uh, contractor on site, but then after that, uh, the warranties sometimes go up to five years for a lot of what you're going to get planted in and installed. Um, and after that, uh, you know, I don't know what the process would be. It'd be up to the board as to how you're going to incrementally put the funds away for a capital uh, program. Um, we can advise on that by taking a look at um, the life cycle of things and when you could expect uh, things to uh, need to be changed out or replaced. Um, so, you know, that... I don't think you would need to put too much together right away, probably not till about year five. Year five. Okay, so it sounds like the initial capital investment would probably last us the first five years, and then 
perhaps just a small contingency. Yeah. What about uh, unless there's a, a strange occurrence okay. or uh, you know uh, an emergency that something happens? But. Okay. What about security costs? What is that typically as part of the overall budget in terms of percentage? It, it does depend on the, the plan you're going to finally determine. Okay. Um, but it's uh, it's a significant cost. It, it probably about a third of uh, oh okay yeah thank you that's a very helpful reference um, and then uh, I I'm happy to hear that you have taken into account local workforce uh, requirements that may influence the budget um, it, it sounds like we are hoping that either we would operate within Tida. Um, have the staffing within TIDA as opposed to outsourcing it either to Park and Rec or other city agencies? Um, we would... Uh, it should be discussed. Uh, we were going yeah, to we, the, the expectation has been, though, that TIDA would be responsible for the park's maintenance, either within a house staff or by contracting out for services. We would not be leaning upon Rec and Park uh, for, for the maintenance of the parks in open space. Okay. Um, it's also worth highlighting that one of the economic opportunities that's discussed under the um, um, the jobs and EOP plan is is for Rubicon Industries yes. to have a, a role in the landscape maintenance on the island. That's actually was what was on my mind. I was wondering whether or not the uh, reflected budget uh, assumes Rubicon or some other nonprofit as the operate or as part of the O and M. Yeah, right now, I mean, they're, they've they've assumed prevailing wages. Okay, and, and, okay great. Um, and then just a few uh, budget-specific questions. Um, is year one uh, reflected as fiscal year 2021? Okay. Yes. Um, and then why is there a 36% jump between year three and year four? What are we expecting to happen there? It, it reflects the addition of a, a number of parcels. Uh, oh, it's right. not, okay. It, that's the entire budget is built on that. And I did just want to address one comment I don't know that I adequately addressed before about staffing. When you look at the staffing cost, you ask for a percentage. At the very beginning, well, it's a one and a half people, as you mm -hmm. saw on the graphic. Uh, it might be uh, a higher percentage, 10 or 12 percent. But uh, that was what I was talking about, front-loading, that you have that level of staffing just incrementally increasing uh, for the first three years. And then after that, it does not increase. So by the time you get out to year five, year seven to year 10, you're looking at a much smaller percentage of the budget for that staffing because that level of staffing will be able to manage the entire park. Uh, the other thing to note in staffing is that the staffing for uh, landscaping and janitorial is included in those dollar amounts in the contract. Uh, so it's, there, there, there is not just four people running the whole park. There will be lots, lots of uh, opportunities for participation, and I'll add it to the labor comment. Uh, when we look at parks, and we're looking at parks in Hunters Point, we're looking at other parks to help, uh, we do factor in using the local community. And we also look very heavily at recommending mentorship programs and things that will give people opportunities from the local community to participate. Uh, we've done one for uh, Shipyard Park in Hunters Point where uh, it really is about local hiring as required of the contract. And we've even had the, the contractors that will be working in that park agree to uh, apprenticeship programs within their uh, services to allow for that kind of local participation and training to get people to move to a higher level, even to the point of mentoring subcontractors working on the park who 
may not have the skill set to do a full landscaping contract yet, but they can provide basic landscaping. Uh, the contractors are going to teach them things like uh, integrated pest management and that kind of thing. So it's an opportunity not only for the individual, but for local small businesses to learn skills that will bring them up in the industry. Great, thank you. Okay, okay. go ahead. Thank you. Um, I have a few questions and then maybe um, some comments afterwards. But um, Chris, can you just remind us what we're talking about in terms of the size of the parks that we're going to have coming on board? Um, we've, we've got, <laughs> overall, it's, it's 500 acres um, on the island of which 300 acres, approximately 300 acres, will be in open space and parks. But um, do you have the numbers off the top of your head in terms of what we're talking about in terms of the acreage of these first few phases, the citywide park, the um, parks along Clipper Cove, the neighborhood parks, the hilltop um, uh, park at Yoba Buena Island. What are the what are the sizes that we're talking about? Here? We have those in the in the um, overall manual document. Mm -hmm. um, if I recall correctly, there's about 20 acres that will be coming online as part of stage one, in in that proximate approximate range. Um, yeah. And and then in stage two. Um, so when you add when the but when the budget goes up, uh, and I'll. In what year is it that it, there's a leap up on the budget, um, which is like 24, 25, fiscal year 25, 26, it um, does get, you know, increasingly higher. Um, uh, does that reflect additional parks coming online? There, incrementally, um, in years two, three, and four, there are a few additional parks, mm -hmm. um, but relatively small in terms of the total area, uh, mainly related to uh, the extension of the Clipper Cove promenade, and then the addition of building two and three plazas. Um, the phase two and three parks are also relatively modest in, in their scale in terms of the overall um, park build out, and so um, those you know come online and, and years five and six, or six and seven actually. Mm -hmm. And so um, really we have this first phase um, with a fairly significant amount of park space on Yerba Buena Island mm -hmm. and Treasure Island, and then much smaller increments coming online for a number of years, and then the much larger fourth phase. Did you want to go to slides nine, 10, 11 uh, in the PowerPoint? They, they kind of illustrate. <clears throat> So beyond the, the first phases, the, the, the later phase parks come on as a group. They aren't itemized on this spreadsheet. But, but so um, if you go to slide nine, go, it, it graphically illustrates the, 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 slide, the parks that you were discussing. So that's mm -hmm. back, back two more. So that that was the 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 jump that you were seeing there in year six was all of those parks yeah. coming right. on at one right. time. And then would you go to the um, earlier right. side for phase one uh, for the for the city side park, the culture park, the building one plaza, waterfront plaza, and this is coming on board uh, fairly soon. <laughs> 2021, 2022, it's just right around the corner for us. Um, but, but a very exciting 
you know, addition to Treasure Island, and very important addition to Treasure Island because it is in some ways our front living room. It is where we face the public and where people will be coming on the ferries, and this will be the first thing that they see, which is the waterfront plaza, the city side plaza, the cultural park, um, and then, um, of course, uh, Hilltop Park East and West are part of the residential development that is being built. It's all extremely exciting to see. I, I, I just want to make sure that we have enough in our budget to, make, to, to certainly um, take care of what we build. We, we have it in our capital costs to build these parks, and it is so important for us to have a maintenance of standards um, which will keep those um, parks up, because we don't have another chance to get the capital um, that is being used to, um, to build it. Um, and so I'm very, very glad to see this operations management, um, the um, operation as a maintenance manual. It's something that we've been looking forward to seeing. And actually, this is the first time that we've, uh, we've seen the budget that has been um, um, uh, part of it. Um, I, I am, um, there's several things that I would like to ask more about. Um, you, uh, you assume that the landscaping is going to be contracted out. And I know that for janitorial and basic maintenance, that may be the case. But um, I'd like to th for us to think of maybe a larger model, um, which when there's squares like, like Yerba Buena Gardens or Union Square, it makes sense to have just that landscaping um, contracted out. But here we're going to have a system of parks um, and open space uh, on the island which will encompass eventually maybe 300 acres. And, and I think that we have to look at it in perhaps a bigger way. Um, and instead of thinking that we're going to just contract out the landscaping, I think that we should be thinking about how we can build this, um, the parks and open space um, in a sustainable way, but with, um, with the idea that it's going to be a botanic um, sustainable model for not only our region, but perhaps you know for the country and internationally as well. I, I would like to see us consider developing, uh, first, first of all, to, to definitely have a horticulturist on staff, to have a gardening staff that is, is um, basically um, focused just on Treasure Island and perhaps grows with Treasure Island as these different parts you know, grow as well. Um, so that is something that I think we ought to look at, is how can we, instead of just simply you know, contracting out for landscape services, which is mostly just maintenance, but really develop a staff who is going to care about the sustainable, biodiverse, you know, horticulture um, garden that in fact we're creating on Treasure Island. So th that's one point that I have to make. Mary, did you have a comment on that? Yes, I think we, um, in our presentation, probably um, focused in on the contractor and uh, for landscape. And that was because when you're uh, in construction, you probably, it, 
you would need to uh, contract out for, for it to be built and installed. So when we were referring to the contractor and the fact that the um, you wouldn't have as much of a cost for the landscaping that first year. It was really more about that. But all of our properties um, have all of what you've uh, spoken to, and we really, you know, it's that's in our, our spirit and our heart to do that too. So it, it we're not prescribing that it only be a contractor because I personally agree with you that it takes all kinds of diverse um, uh, disciplines within uh, that world and um, people that are strong in the, the greening and the environmental and uh, the integrated pest management, all those kinds of things actually will depart at that point when it comes to the, the landscaping. Mm -hmm. And you, you do need not only, hopefully the people in the island will, will be involved and mm -hmm. that they will be many of the people working there. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry if we yes. confused no, thank about you that. For the comment. But but I do think that we have to develop a staffing model which show, which looks at um, how can we um, continue to manage and it, and it is it's about soils management, it's about integrated management, it's about how we comp compost, how we how do we take the waste on the system and reincorporate it into the soil. You know, so there's lots of things that we can do, but um but we ought to look at specifically how can we have the staff that is necessary from a horticultural um, and um, gardening and sustainability as well as just maintenance. Um, the other thing is that um, I, I don't know if there's any money in here for programming and activation. And as we know with so many parks, um, it is important to have that programming and activation and to have that be robust so that people enjoy the island, that there's activities there that um, people um, want to come. And, um, and I don't know if that's in the budget, but again, that's an area that we should look at. And, and it's also an area which can provide revenues for us. And that brings up another subject, which is governance and, and a conservancy or a trust model that we should be looking into. But, but programming and activation. Um, security has been mentioned before, of course, you know, in the Bay Area, security is such a big issue because we need to have these places be safe um, for, for families. Um, otherwise, they will not be used. Um, and then arts management. I mean, it is a um, vision of ours to have active arts programming, to have this be a destination where there's going to be incredible art. Um, that people will want to come and see. And there's models, um, several models around the world where art has really revitalized an economy and revitalized in the areas um, where we're doing it. And so separately, we are doing that um, selection of artists and hopefully we're going to have a robust program there. But the art um, that is placed on the island, whether it's permanent or temporary, also needs to be managed, and sh there should be a place in the budget for that as well. Um, and, I've, I, um, and even in community engagement, and of course, and, and you do that very well in your other parts, but community engagement <coughs> is something that, that can build loyalty um, to the place. Um, people love to volunteer. It gives them um, hands-on um, uh, experiences which are very valuable to families and in individuals. Um, but you have to 
have somebody manage that those volunteers. We all know that. It just doesn't happen by itself. And so again, is that a staffing position? Um, is that something which is going to be in the contract? I don't know where that is in the budget. These are just items that I think should be considered so that we make sure that there's a, enough of a budget as we go forward um, to be able to operate the types of park system that we would like to operate. Um, and, and with that, looking at the budget, um, I was surprised that the H and HOA um, fees, which we are hoping will um, finance some of this, only amounts to, at the end, about 500000 a year. The the um, the CFD revenues, which will come from the properties on the island, mm -hmm. will be the primary source of, of uh, open space maintenance. But the primary obligations that uh, are passed on to the CFDs are the maintenance of the stormwater uh, gardens to the extent that stormwater flows going to the stormwater gardens are, com are originating from private parcels because on the island we have centralized stormwater. We don't have on-site stormwater management specific to each parcel, but we have um, centralized stormwater facilities, some of the stormwater of which is coming from public rights-of-way and other portions of the stormwater which are coming from private parcels. And so it's the proportional share primarily of those uh, uh, stormwater uh, catchments that are being passed back to the HOA. Um, but the but the homeowners... Uh, in total are, are contributing to um, all of the parks and open spaces through the, the community facilities district financing. Mm -hmm. And so this amount, um, the, the um, <clears throat> revenues would be coming from the CFD. So we go from in the first year of operations, and, and notably it is a lower because of the contracts the, um, that we have with the contractors. Um, but but as it goes up to, as we go out in, in the future to about 10 or $11 million, what is the source of those revenues? In the very earliest years, um, there is a developer subsidy that's coming directly from TICD to help us maintain the, the parks and open space on the islands because the CFD revenue generation will lag. Um, so there's a total of uh, $14.3 million dollars. Um, that is supposed to come from TICD uh, to fund the early years of park maintenance. And then uh, at that point, then the, the revenues will be coming from the, the CFD. And, and there's sufficient resources as we project out from the CFD? To yeah, the, to the um, expectation is that the, the CFD will be a, a capital CFD. So um, during its early years, there's... Uh, plentiful resources eventually the cfd is after 100 years is to be converted to maintenance only cfd and then move it with inflation and uh it's the value at which it was meant to convert was 13 million dollars uh per year in 2016 dollars mm -hmm. so the that 13 million will escalate into the future uh with inflation mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. But certainly a, 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 a income and expense, you know, type of a model would be helpful to understand yeah. where the income flows. Uh, how it, how how the the flows change right. over exactly. time? Yeah. Um, 
And then I, I think that there is, um, as we look at um, the future for Treasure Island and the ongoing operation maintenance, I think that one thing that should be considered is what is the overall governance model for these parks, which eventually will be 300 acres, you know, bigger than Golden Gate Park, I think. Um, and, you know, should there, and of course, we can look all over the country, there's, you know, different models for that. There's conservancies, there are trusts, um, different cities have done it in different ways, different parks have done it in different ways. Um, and, and I think that we should start looking at that for Treasure Island. Um, I've been thinking about that as well. Um, you know, what is going to be the overall structure? Um, should there be a nonprofit, you know, um, conservancy, which has the ability to raise private capital as well, um, receive donations, um, do things which um, a public agency um, can, can, cannot do or cannot flexibly or quickly do. So um, it's something that I think that this board should look at, and I hope, you know, to start some conversations and thinking about that. So um, I I'll just stop um, for that, um, except to say how important the work that you're doing is. Um, we're going to be, be building beautiful, beautiful um, places. And, and in some ways, our parks are our most democratic institutions. It's the most important. And especially when you have density, um, and we're looking at 8,000 units. Um, some of those units are fairly small. These parks become the places where people meet, you know, where they play. Um, they have to be wonderful. They have to be safe. They have to be clean. They have to be vibrant, and that's a tall order for us. So um, I'm glad to see this first step. It's the first time that we've seen this. I hope there'll be further discussions. And, um, and eventually, as these parks come on board, I hope we're prepared to be able to be good stewards of these places that we're creating because it's so difficult to get the money to create them. So thank you. Thank you very much. And Thank you, commissioners, for your constructive uh, comments. Let's go back. I, I'm glad that MJM is on board, and you have a proven record. Very impressed with the management of the East Bay Parks. The East Bay Parks is probably the largest you know, parks in the Bay Area, and it crosses many jurisdictions, so that is a model that we know we can, and you're also looking at uh, some parks in LA that you manage. Uh, did you look at any form, the Golden Gate Park? And I know they have a different system. And again, the reason I brought that is just so for comparisons. We, yeah. We did in as uh, much as it has the same um, as Andrew spoke earlier, especially Golden Gate Park and sections of that. So, so we did as far as the uh, design and plantings and uh, what that maintenance would look like and also um, uh, what sort of uh, programs in general that you would have to put in place to keep something like that maintained. Okay. So we had the privilege to travel to New York and we look at the Brooklyn Park and some of the signature parks 
their maintenance. And, and so what we are leaning towards, and we need to make that very clear, is that Treasure Island will create a trust, and that trust will be the, in terms of the governance. And so that is, that is where I'm looking at the schedule. Yaba Buena Island uh, 2021 is when the first uh, residents will be coming in. And so, and you mentioned in your presentation that the first parks are about, what, 20 acres? It, I think it's extremely very important right now that we begin on tighter to at least parallel to that to be talking about what the governor's going to look like. I'm looking at the whole framework that you have developed, just projections, because now it spans 30 years or whatever. I would like to think that phase one should be a pilot. And that pilot is the first opportunity that we have that we can address the governors on a mini scale. We can address the, and the maintenance. What we have in-house, and we need to reiterate to everyone, is that as part of Treasure Island development in our DDA, we are also, we have a nonprofit of one Treasure Island who actually we subsidize a great deal for their workforce development. And so I'm looking at the landscape and janitorial, whatever, as an opportunity for us to expand on the workforce development that are already in place that we have. It's very beneficial because all those that are taking advantage of those are Treasure Island residents and also from San Francisco mainland. They are at risk and we get them from everywhere. And so when you look, even on the broader picture, when you look at Yoba Buena Island and Chase and all these other parks that San Francisco are creating, then we can begin now from our surf, you know, and again, this attains to being sustainable, is that we have this workforce that can work on Treasure Island, and at the same time, we are training them for the opportunities across San Francisco. So we have that repository that we can lay claim to. Our workforce development has eclipsed just about everything right now. The demolition taking place on the island are at risk. There are constant uh, training ongoing on Treasure Island. And so we are adapting them now, and we can expand those opportunities, I think it's a win-win situation. So when the trust is on board, then we can kind of have this contractual relationship. We want Treasure Island or with other entities that we might feel we need to bring them on. And I think that is a winning uh, situation. And so the timetable, actually, what I would like to suggest is that we take out phase one out of this uh, program that we have right now and begin to develop that pilot. What is, what is day one going to be like in 2021? What kind of programs are we going to have? We mentioned in, in the presentation that all the activities in the parks are going to be around the Perry building, a Perry area, because of then the congestion and all the activities, and that's already it's been anticipated. And so what is, what is phase one going to look like? If we can have a pilot and we will be able to answer all of these other questions regarding to security, 
enough there. Have the model in place. All the models can be expanded later on when we go to phase two. By the time we go into phase two, we will already have had ample opportunities to, to increase some programs. And in terms of budgeting, it's great. I think, Director Beck, that we will have 14.6 million from CITD. I mean, again, for the subsidy that we have, while we are still trying to figure out all this other stuff that we're going to have. So I think this is the time to you know, work in conjunction, and you can help us. So if you can um, bring back, I think we need to begin the exercise, have all these stakeholders involved at this point. And the question to you, uh, Bob Beck, is that how can, for the workforce, for the landscape, or whatever, do we have the capacity now to be, maybe time to be talking to treasure, you know, one treasure island, in anticipation of that, for them to be cognizant of what is going on, and for us to be able to begin to develop those things um, in-house. I, I think uh, this is time for many of the the, the um, topics that, that you and Director Sen, Director Lai mentioned, um, both from the, uh, you know, there may be questions of when we might want to form a conservancy or when we may want to contract out for different types of services or bring certain services in-house, but the time to talk about the, the the, the directions, the ultimate directions, and the timing is now. So um, do plan to, to come back with future discussions on governance models uh, and contracting models uh, as well. Um, and so we, we have had conversations with, with One Treasure Island and Rubicon. Um, myself and some other Titus staff went to visit uh, Rubic some facilities that Rubicon maintains. They maintain uh, the, the VA uh, hospitals in uh, Menlo Park and uh, Palo Alto and, and Livermore. And so we went to, to tour some of those facilities as well uh, to see where they uh, have more programmatic, programmatic uh, uh, responsibilities on a, on a larger campus than uh, they currently uh, have at Treasure Island. So we, we are having some of those conversations and we'll be bringing those conversations to, to this committee and to the board. So yes, that would, that would be extremely uh, very important. And uh, again, some of this model uh, governance in the East Coast because they have <laughs> the, one, the best uh, parks in the world situated there, especially some of the ones that we visited and we were given elaborate presentation I would think it would might be time to consult with them. Also, they have told us that whenever we are ready, they are ready to share information, and we also came back with a lot of information. So it seems to me that now we need to get off the ground and basically be working in a very pilot. And with the MJM, with your expertise, absolutely, um, this will be able to, you know, kind of help us to, you know, get along. One other thing here that um, we did not talk about, it, with, 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 uh, in terms of security and all the other, uh, San Francisco has a uh, elaborate uh, local business enterprise. All these agencies, that's what they do all the day, and they already exist. So if we're looking at uh, small business provisions, we can, um, you know, they can be helping us 
in order to bridge that. So there is already a loose infrastructure in place that we can tap to. However, the establishment of the governance on our side is the driver that will be able to help to coordinate and drive all these other missing pieces. So thank you again for this uh, framework. Uh, commissioners, are there any other comments? Sorry, I found a few more questions as I was looking at this. So um, I do see that you have line itemed artwork, MNR. I, I assume that meant maintenance and repairs, so we've already factored that in a little bit. What is steam cleaning for a park? There's a budget item for that. It's maintenance of the uh, paved surfaces, oh, okay. the hard surfaces, sidewalks, that kind of thing, right. uh, especially in high-use areas and near any kiosks or that kind of thing. You will need steam cleaning to keep the level of of the park uh, up to up to the state okay. you want. Um, and then it looks like we're anticipating the um, electricity to be from the Hetch Hetchy grid. So we're expecting 100% renewable sources of electricity for the park system? Yeah, um, the TICD and, and PUC have actually recently executed the uh, what's ESA, the Electrical Service Agreement. Mm. Um, you know, designating uh, uh, PUC as the power provider for the island. Okay. Um, that, that's been anticipated for, for a long time, but uh, the actual service agreement between the parties was just executed in the last month. That's great. That's great. Um, obviously, we have a big green goal for the island as a whole. Um, and then I'm just wondering, following up on the conversation around starting the conservancy or trust discussion and working backwards and terms of timing, um, I assume there needs to be some sort of ordinance or action to create such an entity and just making sure that we are um, allocating enough time to create the body, go through the, the, the legislative process, and then also to seat the conservancy before the parks actually come online. Yeah, I think, I think we might be hard-pressed uh, before the first parks come online, but I I think having a conversation now and and developing a, as I said, you know, critical mass as we get into the major this first major phase grouping of parks and we start to have quite a bit under our belt. I think that would be uh, uh, good timing as opposed to necessarily prior to the very first park. But um, we will we need to be embarking on that conversation now, and we will be bringing that conversation to you. Okay, and then just a last um, comment. Uh, totally um, support what Commissioner Sen was saying about needing a model, financial model, to show the funding side of it. And if you can, um, the next time you bring it back, also clearly um, show us when the developer subsidy runs out. I think it's probably around fiscal year 25, 26, but it'd be helpful for us to see when that switch will happen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, uh, let me, no further comments. And again, from the robust uh, discussion that we've had, it seems to me in terms of priority that um, we are gonna be working in conjunction in trying to get an idea of what the governance is gonna be. It would be great um, it, at the next time if you can bring out some of the successful models and some of the ones, again, that um, from New York. And again, it's just looking at what they've done and modeling that and tweaking that to fit our own model. I think we can do that, uh, given the expertise and that we have um, you know, working with us. So I would, again, for subsequent discussions, 
to have this pilot making phase one as the pilot. What is it going to be like? That infrastructure, if we can develop that, it will be significant. It makes all the work um, down the road uh, better for us. And so we will have a framework based on the master plan that you have given us today, and we can plug in the numbers and beginning to see what the hypothetical escalation cost will be based on that, what the job force will be like, what it, uh, you know, the frequency of the activities, what the first level of programs will be like. We can narrow it down to those levels and then kind of modify and be flexible and change. That will kind of give us a roadmap, and so that's what I would like to see. So thank you all for being here. Let me ask a question from the audience. Are there any questions? Comments, please. Thank you. Come in and say who you are and ask your question. Thank you. For RubeCon Landscape, the Landscape Division of RubeCon Programs. So we've, we've provided the uh, landscape services for TI for many years. And I just want to say how excited we are. Microphone, ma'am. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just want to say how um, excited and um, we are to be part of the parks maintenance. Um, we we uh, work with a lot of customers, and some of them don't always uh, embrace sustainable practices. We try to convert them um, and influence them as much as we can. And we do then work with many um, customers that do, and like the city of Emeryville, a lot of municipalities we work with. And we, um, we do implement um, sustainable practices, and we're looking forward to, to doing that as well on TI. And uh, lastly, I want to say that we work hand-in-hand -hand with One Treasure Island to provide uh, jobs for um, residents on TI, and we're looking forward to that as well and expanding that. Um, Rubicon Programs has a long history of providing opportunities for folks with barriers to employment and overcoming other challenges. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for coming and giving us that, uh, those statements. We look forward to working with you. Are there any uh, public comments? None? See none? Thank you all for your wonderful uh, presentation of today. And again, this is a uh, very exciting uh, topics. We are going to be creating more parks than the Golden Gate Park. <laughs> and we need to reiterate that for not just San Francisco, but for the entire region. That's Treasure Island, Yerba Buena, are the points of destination that no one has ever imagined or seen before. And we are working together to make that happen. Okay, thank you. Item number six, discussion of future agenda items by directors. Um, yeah, so Mr. Beck, to follow up on our previous discussion of the um, stewardish governance model, mm -hmm. um, I just want to make sure that we have in our annual budget this year sufficient funds to either look at the um, feasibility um, for stewardship. Um, governance model um, and to so that we can because two years we're going to have the citywide park on board the the building plaza one on board and and it seems like we'll almost have to rush in order to catch up with our responsibilities but um, so um, if we could 
keep on top of this and come back um, to us? Because I, I imagine that there probably needs to be either <coughs> consultants um, that we have either directly to the authority or to, um, to you know, our design um, people. But it seems that we need to look at this very uh, seriously and, and in depth. Yeah, I'll, I will uh, take another look and make sure that in our contract services, we have the capacity to, to take on those tasks. Thank you. Sure. Okay. So that ends this meeting here, and I'm looking at the audience. Peter Sommer, thank you for being here. We get all the great things happening with those uh, parks and trees planting on Treasure Island. And um, thank you, Mr. Beck. Thank you. Meetings adjourned. Okay, good.